Hey, um, we're really glad you guys are here today. Um, kind of an emotional day for me. Um, Jill, who plays bass for us, she's like a daughter to me. And uh, on Wednesday night, on Friday night, I'm, I'm, she's getting married. I'm doing her her wedding. So this is her last Sunday for the next two two Sundays. We gave her two Sundays off, and then she'll be back. But can we put our hands together for Jill? And <clears throat> we're excited for you. Marriage is awesome. You'll have no problems. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> Why did so many people gasp when I said that? All the single people are like, oh, cool, I want to get married now. No, no, it's hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in life, but it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do in life as well. So, um, man, we're really glad. Um, we're really glad for Jill. Jill's been so committed to our church. I was just thinking about Jill this morning, but a year ago, um, she was in a really, really bad car accident. And she couldn't play guitar for three or four weeks, I think maybe, maybe four or five weeks, but... I remember when she came back and played with us, she actually sat on the floor. The whole band was up on stage over at our other location. She was on the floor, and she was sitting in a stool, and she had her leg propped up. That was holding the neck of the guitar for her so she could play, play the guitar, and she's been super, super committed to, um, to this church and to the Lord and serving him. We're just super glad and love, love, love her, love, love, love her. Hey, do you have all your Christmas shopping done? Who's got it all done? It's just done. It's wrapped. It's ready to go. All the rest of us hate you guys that just raised your hand. <laughs> We're still going. Diana's doing a great job with Christmas this year. I feel like she's, she's crushing. I've never, I've never, ever, ever, ever done Christmas shopping for everybody. But, man, it's, gotten, it's getting a little bit easier, a little bit easier. Like before, we bought Christmas gifts for every grandkid on, on both sides of the family. Now we're getting to the point where we're drawing names. We're streamlining a little bit. But I saw this picture the other day um, of a, um, Nicole Kratz. She goes to our church. But it was a, it was a wife's, wife's Christmas shopping list. And it had about 20 things on it. Mother, father, kids, uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews, teachers, teachers, aid. It was like 10 things, and that was the wife's shopping list. And the husband's shopping list had one person's name. It just said wife. <laughs> and so um, I know what I'm going to get, Diana. And so I'm, I'm good to go. I haven't bought it yet, but I know what I'm going to get her. And we're really glad for this season um, of, our, of our church. Really, it's Christmas. And this season, this time of the year is December. And... Um, we're really glad. We're, we've been in a week uh, in a series called What Was Seen at Bethlehem. What Was Seen at Bethlehem. Week one, we looked at the wise men. Do you have a picture of that, um, of, this, of this scene that's probably in most of your house? It was funny because whenever we spoke, um, whenever we opened the series up two weeks ago, Diana went out, I, a package came in through Amazon, and I opened it, and I was like, hey, what's in, what's in this package? And she's like, yeah, just open it and take a look at it. And it was a, a nativity set. We didn't own a nativity set. She felt judged by me because we were, we were pastors and, 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 and Christians, and we don't even have a nativity set in our house. And so she felt judged by me, and um, I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit in you. So she went out and bought us a nativity set. But the week one, uh, we looked at the wise men. Week one, we looked at the, the wise men. And the wise men, they missed Christmas. They missed Christmas completely. They got there super late. And uh, kind of the thoughts we wanted to give you guys behind the wise men and them missing Christmas, when you miss Christmas, you miss out on Jesus. And when you miss out on Jesus, you miss out on peace. And everyone in this room in here, one out of one people in life, they want to have peace in their life. They, everybody wants to have it. Every single person wants to have peace in their life. And the wise men, they missed, they missed Jesus. And, and they missed, when you miss Jesus, then you miss peace on earth and in your heart. And last week we looked at Joseph. And Joseph, we looked at, uh, Ed spoke to us, one of our overseers, and, 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 and talked about the fact that Joseph was a, was a good father and the reason why he was a good father is because he knew a great father. And that great father is our father in heaven. So when you, when you what was it, because of Bethlehem, Jesus came and he was born and then he died and he, and he rose again. And because of 
Christmas, because of Jesus coming, we can know a perfect father. We can have a great relationship with the heavenly father in heaven, and his name is Jesus, and we get to have that. I'm so thankful for that. And last week was a great week for us. It was, it was an awesome, awesome week for us. We saw many people give their life to Christ, and we had a great attendance. Man, our church, we're in a great season. We're growing, and where people are being connected to Jesus, and it's just been a great, great season that we're in this, this month, and we're glad you're here today, and you know, I was, I was talking to someone just the other day. We, we set up, every week we're finding ourselves last week setting up more chairs. And we want to fill this place up with people. And the reason why we want to fill up with people is because we have peace and we have Jesus. And we don't want anyone to miss out like the wise men did. And we don't want anybody to miss out on having a perfect father in heaven. And so we want to have seats so people can come and hear this good news about Jesus who loves them and cares for them. And we're getting stories throughout the week of people saying, man, I'm so thankful for this place where I get to come and hear about Jesus, and I get to connect with Jesus, and this is such a great break from my life, coming here and being infused and being recal- recalibrated by Jesus and God's word, and so we're thankful that we get to have that perfect father. We're thankful that we don't have to miss Christmas. We can be here, and we can, we can experience Jesus, and we're going to look at one more um, person today. I want to read, read you six verses briefly. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of the king David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, in Judea, which was David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snuggling strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Today I want to look at the innkeeper. Looked up, sorry. We don't need much. What part of I'm all booked up did you not understand? I have no room for you in my inn. Please. We've been walking for days. Do you think you were the first person to pound on my door at this hour of the night looking for a room? There has to be something. A, a closet, perhaps. You can keep asking the same question. I'm going to give you the same answer. Just- What are you doing up? You need to rest now. We won't be any trouble. And I'll pay you whatever you want. Please. I'm I'm sorry. No vacancies. Hey, 
Give me a minute. I don't know how many doors they, Jesus, um, Jesus, Joseph and Mary had to knock on before they got to the innkeeper. I really, I really don't know that. And I was talking, I, I called my father-in-law yesterday. I said, hey, you know the story, um, uh, Luke chapter two? <laughs> I always ask questions that sound stupid. I'm sure they come out of my mouth. And he's probably like, this guy is so helpless. I can't believe people come to his church. I don't know if that goes to his mind or not, but that's what would go through my mind if I was 30 years ahead of me. And, and I've been preaching Luke chapter two for more years than I've been alive. But I was asking him, I said, do we ever see this, this, this innkeeper come up ever again. I was kind of one of the things that kind of jumped my mind. I, you guys know, if you've been here for long enough, my mind is just so sporadic and I think just pop in my mind. I think them. And usually once I think them, I usually say them. And Lisa was telling me, I like our church because you just say whatever you want to say. And I said, yeah, what you see is what you get. I like that. But I, my mind wanders when I read stories and your mind ought to as well. When, when we leave out of this environment and just to, and, and shortly we'll go into next steps, which is our, which is our, our, how to get plugged into hope church uh, class and, and um, how to be a part of the dream team and how to, how to plug in. But when we get in there, we'll talk about discipleship today. But when I read these stories, all kinds of things pop in my head. And one of the things that pops in my, popped in my head this week was, man, this innkeeper, like he doesn't even have a name. Like you're the innkeeper. And like I'm gonna, when I get to heaven one day, I want to ask Jesus, how come some people got names and some people didn't get names? Because that's kind of rude to not get a name. If I walked up to Joe today and said, hey, you, that would be kind of rude. And Joe's bigger than me, so he would just take one swing and would knock me out. And, and I'd be laying there lifeless. But like, it's just rude to call someone, hey, you. I, I know Maggie's name. If I say, every time I saw Maggie, Maggie Wheelis or Maggie Bell. I was like, hey, 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 you, hey, hey, girl. And that would be, that would be weird. That would, that would be rude. I know their names, but the innkeeper, he just gets to be known as the innkeeper. And, uh, and he opens his house. And at first, when I think probably I've heard this, this passage preached a handful of times. And I think sometimes we look at the innkeeper and we're like, man, this innkeeper, man, what a jerk this innkeeper was. But I mean, I think when we look at him today, I'd like to kind of change our view a little bit of the innkeeper today because the innkeeper, he actually, actually made space for Jesus. Every innkeeper that Jesus had knocked on that door, Joseph had walked in that door and Mary knocked on that door. And, and I'm sure at some point they got defeated and he was like, hey, you go to that door and I'll go to this door. Hey, we'll go to this door. And you know, you, you know, ladies now, when their ladies are pregnant now, when they take pictures, they have to make sure they hold their, their shirt in so that they look really pregnant. That's kind of like a big deal. And I don't know if at some point they, Joseph said to, to Mary, hey, you got to really like make it look like that baby's about to pop out, you know, <laughs> like, you know, or, or maybe a couple of labor screams would be awesome, you know, and like we saw in that video, like, like ham it up, like let's, we got to really get this thing going because we're running out of time. We're running out of time. I told you guys week one, I remember when Dinah said to me, hey, I, I, my, my water broke. I was like, hey, put that back, you know, and, but he's like, hey, come on, let's hem this thing up a little bit. Let's, let's make this thing a little bit more dramatic. Mary, you know, you know, pour some water in your face, make it look like you're sweating. Like you, we got to get into a place. We're running out of time for a place. But we see here in the story, we don't see the innkeeper any, anymore in the Bible. And I don't know, but it's, it's, it's weird to me, it's, it's cool to me, and, and it's weird to me that to think that this guy here, everyone had said no, but this one guy had said, hey, okay, fine. I, I could make, I think I can make some space for you. And when you look at this story, you're like, man, you didn't give him that great of a space. He didn't give him that great of a space. You're right, but he did make space. I was at, a, um, I was at my daughter's Christmas play this week, and um, last week was my, my son's preschool Christmas play kindergarten and then this week it was was the elementary Christmas play and um, I, I was sitting next to my mom and you know grandparents I, I can't wait to be a grandparent kind of ish <laughs> as long as I can you know wheel myself around I'm okay with being a grandparent but I, I'll tell you grandpa but you know it's like I, I got this place because as a parent I don't 
I don't take pictures of my kids anymore, of like their first. Like we've, we've already got it. My daughter, I remember when she went on all the, when she was take, doing all the roller coasters at Disney, I'd be like, you know, Everest, this one. And I would take all these pictures. Boom, 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 boom. Now I'm like, Hope, you've already read this six times. I don't care about taking another picture of you again. It's no big deal. Like now it's not about you. My son, the five-year-old, he's a little soft. He hasn't ridden all the roller coasters yet. We have to talk him into it and drag him into it. And, you know, Sayla probably is going to be the, you know, the daredevil. She'll be the only kid ever in the, in the Beecham family that jumps off a roller coaster. Because um, that's kind of the way she's tracking right now. Pray for her. And, um, but I, <clears throat> we go through, um, I got too far into those stories. I don't even know where I was going. But the point is, um, I was at this Christmas play. I reca- I'm getting better, Lisa. I just recaptured my thought. <laughs> we were at this Christmas play, and I'm looking over at my mom, and, and, and she's looking at her phone, and, you know, she's young still, but she's looking like the phone is broken. And, um, and she's like, I don't even know if she's here, but she's just like, she's not here. Okay, cool. Let me embellish the story a little more. No, I'm just kidding. She's, it's, it's Diana and it's me and it's, it's these two annoying two-year-olds that I have that are my, that are my kids and they're all in there and, and, and Nora shows up, which is Derek who was just leading his little daughters in there and they're, they're, you know, they're using phones and, and my mom wants to get pictures and I'm like, mom, you, you probably have plenty of pictures on your phone, but she wants to get a picture and she's trying to take a picture which she looks at her phone and she's like, and it's just fuzzy. And you guys know where this is going if you're, if you're, if you're under 30, you, you kind of have a clue. And so you, you, it's fuzzy and she's like, and I don't want to help her because I think it's funny to see her fumble through her phone. It's rude, but that's just kind of the way I am. And so Diana goes, let me see it. My wife, she loves to help. She just, she'll help anybody. She'll help anything. And she loves to help. And that's why she married me because it was a project for her to take on, you know. And so she's like, I can help him. And so she gets the phone. And, and, and I, I know what's, what's going to happen with the phone. But she looks at the phone. And Diana goes, look. And it, it looks like this. If you have that picture that you guys have all seen before. <laughs> Cannot take photo. There's not enough available storage to take a photo. You can manage your storage and settings. How many of you guys, when you take a picture, your phone says that awful, an awful lot? I'm dying for the new, the new, um, the, the seven because like my storage, I, my phone's been saying that for two years, <laughs> and it's like you've deleted enough pictures, Wes. You can't delete any more pictures, and I always plug it into my Mac, which is getting old as well, and and I say I go to this thing called Image Capture, and it takes all the photos out of there. And then I'm like, and then when I get to this place where I'm desperate, like I really want to get a picture of it first, I'm deleting apps now. I'm like, we okay, I, I can, I'll be okay with getting rid of Subway Surfer. I like it, but I'll be okay with it. And the other day, Hope grabbed my phone. She's like, hey, I need to use your phone. I want, I want, to, I want to, we're at a Pokestop. And I'm like, hey, hon, I was out of play, and I was out of space. And so I had to delete um, Pokemon. It, Pokemon Go, it's gone, baby. And she's like, why did you do that? I was like, you suck it up right now. And then it's over. I need more space in my phone. I was at the park this week, and I, I love going to the park, and it's better when I bump into Lee at the park, um, but it's always me, and Lee, Lee knows this, and maybe some of you guys know this struggle also. It's, it's always me and all these moms and their kids. It's just me and the moms, you know? And it's just like, there's, really, there's no, way to, there's no way, to, way to explain that. It's just me and all the moms and, and my two kids, and it's, 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 it's okay if you're a mom and you're at the park. If you're a guy at the park, it's creepy, you know? And so I'm like, I don't want to smile the kids too much. I don't want to smile the moms too much. I want to be cordial. I want to be nice, you know? And Try to invite them to church. You know, I'm always, it's always the beeline to church. And so I'm like trying to like play it, play it cool. And, and there's this, this area over there. And some of these kids, they're rough. And I don't care if the, the, the kids, sometimes they're rough with my, my, my two-year-old son. And I don't really like that that much because he's kind of the softer one of the twins. I don't, I don't care if they mess with Salem because Salem will body slam a kid. She doesn't care. She's just brutal. She's like, she'll push kids off out of the way. And so I'm like, hey, you can, good luck with her, you know. And so she's got a mean streak. Pray for her. But I'm over there and I'm sitting <clears throat> 
and, and they're at the, at the, you know, at the park, and I'm trying to stay in my zone, I'm just staring at the ground, you know, and kids are going, like, why won't that guy look at me? Because I don't look like a creep, you know? And so it's like, so the kids go by, and they go to get this thing, and this mom says to little Timmy or whatever her kid's name, and she's like, hey, move over. There's enough space for everybody. Make some, make some, make some room, make some space. And I'm like, my kid ain't going to need that. nobody. I don't help my kid make space. My kid makes her own space. I'm like, your kid ought to move, you know? And, but I realize this, we go through life. And our life is a lot like that iPhone screen. There's just not a lot of space available. I, I, watch, your, I watch your social media posts and I, I meet with you guys and hang out with you. And let's, if we're honest in here today, and, and it's a lot of us in here today, there's just not a whole lot of space in our life. There's, there's just not. We, we've, got our, we've got our life maxed out. Maxed out and we're loving it. And, and it's like, and when we hear that song, it's, it's, our, it's our breath and our lung. It's like, it's like man, I, I know for me, when I get going, I get busy. And sometimes I, I just kind of sit and I just open up the Bible. And I'm just like, God, can you just fill me up and kind of create some space in, in my life? And, and I, I want to help us today make some room. Because honestly, it's, it's, like, it's like my daughter, if, if my son gets close to me, she comes and she wants to push him out. And it's like, man, Jesus wants to do so much more in our lives. Jesus wants to be so much more fulfilling life. Jesus wants to bring so much more peace in our life. But we really honestly, we don't really have a lot of space for God to, to get in there. Our time is maxed out. Maybe our finances are maxed out. Maybe we're emotionally maxed out. Maybe some of us in here today, we're just maxed out in every area of our life, and we, there's just no more space. There's a danger in a lot of the stuff. I, I realized this this week, it kind of hit me. There's a lot of, a lot of danger in a lot of stuff that I, that I, that I post on social media. And I, I just believe in a big God, and I believe in, in, in a great God, and I believe in an incredible God, and I believe that. But sometimes I, I, I put part of the stuff out there, and, and, and I think some, a lot of times I, I post things like, man, get your best is yet to come, and God's going to do a work in your life. And people are like, man, how come he's not doing nothing in my life? And I, and, and I, and I, and I don't say anything on social media because I don't want to sound mean to these people, but I want to be like, there's no space for God to do greater in your life. That's That's why. I posted something a few weeks ago, and a guy said to me, a guy posted on there, it seems like God must have some favorites. And I want to be like, bro, there's no space for God to do anything in your life. There's just, there's no space there. So how can he, what, what do you want him to do if there's no space for him to do anything? It's like you've, you've heard this, and you've seen it posted, and you've seen people, people, you know, get frustrated when, when bad things happen at, at schools, and pe- bad things happen and, you know, and this happened about him, and people are like, well, the reason why that happens in schools is because we took God out of the schools. And you've seen people post that, and you, and, but it's just like we were walking around, and we want God's best, and we want to plan for, we want to do what God wants. We want all these great things, and they're all good things, and they're all great things, but there's just no space there. And we got to, today I hope that we can, my goal is for us to maybe plug our lives into Jesus and him to image capture, and him just to take a bunch of the stuff out of our lives. And I think sometimes it'd be, it'd be nice if we can just hit a button and God take the stuff out of our life. But you know what? Jesus wants you to take some of the stuff out of your life. If I sit down, I've said this probably for this last year, that I, the last year and a half, I've known some of you guys, but if I, were, if I, I could go to Yachty and say, Yachty, why don't you quit doing this, quit doing this, and that would be easy. And Yachty can go to me and say, hey, Wes, why don't you? She'd still be talking, you know, like, hey. Why don't, you, why don't you, it's easy looking at someone and say what they got to take their life. But the point is, I can't take anything out of Yachty's life. 
she has to get a place in her life where she has to take, take that out of her life. We got, I, I, live a, I, lived a, I lived a crammed, I lived a, in a crammed life, and I, this is borderline hypocritical and confessional to even be speaking about space in your life. <laughs> I'm going to get home tonight, and Diana's going to be like, hey, that was a good message. Why don't you try living it out? <laughs> I'm going to say, shut up. You know, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. I'm like, it sounds really good when I preach it. It's just hard to live it out. But this week I, I saw um, uh, Paul, Paul's, Paul's here today and Jacqueline's here today, and I love them. But I went on a motorcycle ride with their, with, their, with their dad this week. Diana's dad was out of town, so he drove across town, barred his Harley, and came across town. And, um, and, I, and I went on a motorcycle ride with, with, um, with uh, Paul's dad. And I pull up there in the driveway, and he, we walk out, and he's like, hey, where's your helmet at? I'm like, I don't wear a helmet. My head, it's hard. <laughs> I have a hard head. And, and some of you guys are judging me right now. Some of you guys are like, this is awesome. Our pastor rides motorcycles. But some of you guys are like, this, our pastor's stupid because he doesn't wear a helmet. And so peer pressure work with your dad. Your dad's like, well, I'm not going to wear mine. Just, uh, we got to hurt and get out of here for one of my kids walk out and see me without my helmet. And, um, and so sure enough, Jeannie comes walking out. Hey, dad, where's your helmet? Where, where else, where's your helmet? And I'm like, we got to go. You know, and I, the motorcycle ride was so awesome for me. Diane and I, his dad, we've been riding since, since, we, since I got married. And, we went up to Mountain Bird and made a right. I can't tell you how we got there, but we go all the way up and through Howie in the Hills, and there's a restaurant out there, and there's a Yulaha Bakery out there. We used to go do this ride, but the ride was so encouraging for me because all, it's just me and my worship music and the same stuff that, we, that you guys hear up, we're singing every single week. You're like, man, how does people know all these songs? And I'm listening to them all week long, and so I'm in this car ride, and I'm having to, on this motorcycle ride, and it's just, it's just me and this motorcycle, and no one can get to me. I can't answer a text message. I've tried. It's not safe. I'm just kidding. I haven't. But I'm just listening to worship music. I'm like, man, this was, this was so encouraging. I sit down, have a meal, and get back on the motorcycle. And we drive back. And I'm like, man, this is just encouraging. Like, this is just a great, there was space for God, just, for me to spend time with just me and God. And I saw Mike walk in today. And Mike has these awesome Harley boots. You can imagine, I don't wear Harley boots. Like, it's a miracle that I wear shoes when I ride. I just I want to wear, I, I wear flip-flops. I want to wear rainbow sandals, you know, and, and T-shirts and jeans. So I, I put on shoes now when I ride. I've upgraded to, to, to jeans. And it's just a space where, where I can just be just me and God. And I want to have more of those opportunities where it's just me and God. And we should all want that. I wrote down a couple things about making space <clears throat> that I want you to write down if you, if, you, if you would or type them in your phone. Is this. Giving Jesus a little space in your life will change your world. Giving Jesus a little space in my life can change my entire world. And it can change your entire world. If you just, Jesus wants a little bit of space. I think so many times in life we think Jesus wants to hijack our lives. He doesn't want to hijack our lives. He wants us to give him a little bit of space and let him go to work. Just do what you, just let God do what he does. We've said that since day one at this church, that we don't want to beg people to do anything. We want to just create spaces for God to show up and to get in their lives and let God do what only he can do. We, I, can, I can help you change your behavior, but only Jesus can change your life. Only Jesus can change, change your world. I've watched some of you guys in the last six weeks, eight weeks, some of you guys a year, just give God a little bit of space, and I've seen God change your entire world. Some of the most encouraging things when I walk out of church and I get text messages and say, hey, man, I... I got one last week. This has changed. This has changed my life. This has changed my marriage. This has changed my family. And that's not church. I already told you guys that thousand church can't do that. Only Jesus can change people's lives. 
But you know what I, what I realized about that person that sent me that? They're, they're, they're carving out some space for God. They're, they're carving out some space in this time right now. It's an hour and 15 minutes. And they're carving some space for God to speak to their life and God to pour into their life. And God's doing incredible things in their life. God's changing their world. I, um, I, um, what, one of the things, I, so I was talking to Chantel about this this week. Um, I also wrote on this. This is not in the notes. But when we make room for God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I was talking to Chantel this weekend, and um, Diana will introduce Shan in, in a moment um, when I'm done. But I was talking to Chantel, and Chantel said, how are your, she asked me this question. She goes, how are your financing, your church, are you guys doing well? And I said, you know, we rely on X amount of dollars from the outside. We raise support to start this church, and we raise money to start this church. And we have friends that are just giving to us, and they're just pouring into us. And she says, man, well, how, how far, when does it get to the point where you're like, you're self-sustaining, it's all you guys, are all on your own. She goes, when do you get to that, to that point? When you get, I said, can I be honest with you? I said, there's enough people right now today in our church to take care of all of our needs. I, I, and she goes, really? I said, she goes, how do you know? I said, I just, cause that's how God works. God always, God always provides with what we need. I was talking to Greg with this. God, he said to me, God always provides just when we need it at the right time. I said, well, you know, the kicker is it's, it's for a lot of people. They want to be generous or they want to give or they want to serve, but there's just no space to do that. We're, we're totally maxed out in, in our area of our, of our finances. We're just, we're just over and over and over and over and over and spent and spent and spent. So we really can't, uh, we really can't afford to do any more because we're just so, we're so maxed out. We've got so many, I was talking to a guy the other day, he goes, I'm my last kid. I get my last kid through college. And then I'm going to have some more space. I'm going to have some more space and... I, I, I'm excited. You guys can throw the next slide there, but I, I'm, I'm excited about the heart for the house offering. <clears throat> and, and you guys have been here long enough to know that our goal is not to build up. Our, our goal is to build out. Our goal is to reach more and to, and to serve more. We were here last night setting up, and I was telling Stephen about the lights back here and all this stuff. I don't know what you guys. I don't know if you guys ever think about what it doesn't look like before we get here on setup. I don't know if you ever think about that or not. <laughs> I do. Um, you've never seen it bare in here. We put a lot of time and effort, energy into this. And I was telling Stephen, I said, whenever we get a location, I said, I, want, I don't want them to install the lights. I want to always set them up every week so we stay humble. Remember where he came from. He was like, if we do that, I'm going to find a different church. Um, <clears throat> no, he didn't say that. He thought it. But we you know what he did say? He said, well, when we get a building, we're going to, he goes, by the time we get a building, we'll, we won't want to install the lights because we we'll need to use those at our next location, at our, at our, at our satellite campus. And I'm like, Man, I love you. Give me a kiss, you know, like talking my language. I, I, I love that we're, we're doing this heart for the house offering. I love that because it gives us a, it gives a, it gives us a place, a, 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 a placeholder, a mat holder, if you will, in our lives to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you with this amount, God, and I'm going to see you come through. And in our heart for the house offering, it's, it's above and beyond our normal giving. It's, it's above and dying. We give, we give. X amount of, we give 10% of our, we tithe every single week here. And not only do we tithe here, but we give to missions, other, other places. And one of the things that we're doing this heart for that house offering is we're giving, we're, we're, we're doing some missions projects locally and globally. And as we get, as we get growing, as, as our church grows and we continue to grow and grow and grow, you're going to see at our point in our, in our life. And as we get a little bit more mature, you'll see a lot of our, our financial reports that will just, you'll see it to the point where a lot of our money will be going out. There'll be very little staying in and most of it will be going out. We live off of, we operate, this church operates off of less than 90% of what comes in here every week. Less than 90%. We're probably operating about, about 85%. 10 to 12 to 15%, it goes out. 
just goes out. We want, because we want to serve the world. We want to help people. We want to love people. We want to do things to help the world. We want to go into all the world, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts, Jerusalem. We want to go into all the world. We want to, we want to share the gospel. So our heart for the house, I mean, it's going to go towards, it's going towards missions. It's going to go towards helping people here in our city and around the world. That's what it is. We don't, we're not going to, that doesn't go to our church. That doesn't go to any type of special fund for this place. We're going to, we're going to send that out. But I told you guys last week, there's going to come a day where in that place, that, that, those dollars are going to come in. It's going to be going towards building a house of worship or starting more campuses. But when you give here, we're changing the world. You, you guys know this. We're part of the ARC network. And so we're, we're, we launched a little under 100 churches last year. And all those churches that launched last year, they all seen somewhere between 50 to maybe 100, some of them 200 people saved. So when we give here, we're, we're seeing thousands of people get saved through the finances of our church that weren't even being a part of it. We've seen 100 people come to know Christ here in our, in our 14 months here, but we're seeing thousands of people come to know Christ outside, and we want to be a part of seeing people's lives change forever. So when we give and when we make space for God to operate in our finances, we see that God does great things. I, I, I told you, I wrote this down, giving Jesus a little space will change your whole entire world. Proverbs 11, chapter 24, I don't know if they have the verse up there or not, but the Bible tells us this, that give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything. Another translation says the heart of the generous, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the heart of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I was talking to Lee the other day, and um, I, I'm a, I'm a, this is a new thing for me. I've, I've only been a pastor for this little bit of time, but I, I realize this. I'm around business owners, but there's two reasons, two, there's a handful of reasons, but there's two predominantly reasons to start a business. And you're like, this ought to be really good. What does he know about business? <laughs> this will be good, Brad. Hang on to it. Here's the first thing. The, the number one reason, a, a reason that a lot of people start businesses is to make a lot of money. I want to be rich. That's a, that's a reason why people do I want to make a lot of money. Here's the second reason why, why you can start a business. And this is another, this is another big, and there's a lot of things that can probably fall underneath that, but number one reason is to make a lot of money. A reason is to make a lot of money. A, a second reason is this, is to help a lot of people. It's just to help a lot of people. That's, 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 another, reason why to, that's another reason why to start a business. And, and I realized this, I, I was telling Lee, Lee, Lee loves people. He, he loves to help people. And, and it's like I was telling him, I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of Lee because he's in his sweet spot Monday through Saturday. I, I only get to do this with this many people once, once a week. But I do coffees and hangouts. But I'm like, you get to do this every single six days a week, you get to do this for it. And it's tiring and it's hard. But you know what he wants to do? He wants to help people. His wife's there and his son's there. And, they just want to help people. They want to love people. They want to serve people. And that's a, that's a good reason. So whenever we create space in our life, we can help and we can love and we can serve more people. And that's what God put us on this radio. We want to make a little bit of space so God can change our whole entire world. And here's the second thing I wrote down. Jesus doesn't need all that you have. He needs all that you are. That's what he needs. He doesn't need you to go out today and, and, and sell your home. And we read the book of Acts. We see they sold their home. They gave to their poor. And we seem to do all those things. He doesn't need you to sell your vacation home. He doesn't need you to sell your boat. He doesn't need you to go. You don't got to walk in a day and go sell everything that you have. You don't have to go do all that. You don't have to go trade it all in. You don't have to start wearing. You don't have to never shop again and only wear white T-shirts and jeans. And you, slim, you don't have to only wear. You only have to wear the same pair of shoes the rest of your life. You don't have to do all that. It, it seems. It, sometimes it sounds cool. Like, oh, I, I do all these things. Jesus doesn't want all that you have. He wants all that you are. Jesus wants to work in your innermost being. Jesus, this Christmas, I wrote down this, Jesus 
wants you. That's what Jesus wants this Christmas. He wants your heart. That's what he wants. What, what's the best gift that I can give Jesus this year? Is it the heart for the house offering? No, that's not the best gift you can give Jesus. Will that help? Will that, is, that, is that a good thing to do? Absolutely, it's a good thing to do. If there's space available, do it. You ought to do that. Whatever God puts on your heart, you do that. But that's not what Jesus wants for Christmas. For, for Christmas, Jesus wants you. That's what he wants. And he doesn't want that December 25th. He wants your life. He wants you. Can you imagine today being all the sins that you all the sins that you've committed, all the struggles, all your past, all the crud that you're going through in your life? Isn't it cool to know all that stuff? And it's a lot. All your hurts, your habits, your hangups. Isn't it cool to know that all of that stuff that you have going on in your messy, messy life and my messy, messy life and all Jesus wants is me. And as much as he wants Maggie, he wants me that, he wants me the same amount. And Lee, and Lex, and Hannah, and Lisa, and Michelle, and Joe, and Josh, and the list goes on. One day I'm gonna do a name test. I'm just gonna start and go right now that see how well you're like, this guy knows a lot of names. That's what he wants. Pumar, I don't even know his first name. I just call him by his last name. Like, Jesus just wants, this Christmas, all he wants is your heart. That's what he wants. Because when he has your heart, he has everything else. The most valuable possession that you have is your heart. That's the best thing about you is your heart. Like, my heart's messed up. Yeah, I know that. Jesus wants your heart. He wants you. He likes your dysfunction. <laughs> Wes, I don't like my dysfunction. I know you don't, but Jesus does. Wes, I don't like my situation. I know you don't. And Jesus doesn't like your situation, but Jesus loves you. And he loves your heart. I, I texted um, Dustin, uh, Dustin's parents, Pat and Kim this week. And I said, man, we miss you guys. You haven't been like eight weeks. I take a tally every single week you're not there. <laughs> I said, we miss you guys. And, she, and they said to me this. Trust me, Her, Kim's was, trust me, we would much rather be with you guys than where we're at. She said, just, I told you guys a story a few weeks ago, but her, her, her dad had a heart attack. Stubborn old man walking around the mall with a heart attack. <laughs> Somebody get some water, my, heart, my chest hurts. It's a heart attack, it's called a heart attack. You gotta go to the hospital. Get done with that, Thanksgiving day, that was Kim's dad. On Thanksgiving day, that night after they eat, have a good time, the, her pack, her, her husband, her, her mom, his mom falls over unconscious. She said, man, we just can't catch a break. We live these crazy filled lives. Every single one of us in here today. There's not one of us that say, you know what, Wes? I just, <laughs> I, everything's just so easy for me. I've never had, I haven't had a problem in, in six years. None of us have ever said it. And if you, and if you, if that is you in here today, I want to hang out with you because I like to hang out with people where things are going well for them. I mean, with people all day long that have something around them, in them or around them, they just, they just, they're, they're frustrated with it. And what Jesus, and you're, you get thrown those, those situations. I, 
I wrote down this, what seems like an opposition in your life is really just an opportunity. What seems like opposition in your life is really just an opportunity. The innkeeper just cleaned up, swept up, turned the light off, and what the heck? What do you want? I'm, I just want a room. No, 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 we're closed. Come on, let me in. What seemed like opposition, frustration, was really an opportunity to host Jesus. I don't know about you in here today, but I would love to have a church where everybody just wants to host Jesus. That's their big deal. What's your big deal, Maggie? I just want to host Jesus in my life. I just want to host him. I just want to prepare a place where he can come and be in my life. And that's all I want. I want to have a church where people just want to host Jesus. We just, we just open up some space and we just, we're just loving and serving Jesus. That's what I want. I just want to host Jesus, Wes. I've got me on earth just to host Jesus. Hey, friends in here today, I love you guys. Love, 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 love you. But God's plan for your life is not just to save you. While that is what he did, and that's what he wants to do for some of you in here today, once he saves us, he wants us to host him. That's what he wants for our life. We think, oh, I'm gonna go, 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 go on an adventure. We think that's what we wanna do. We get saved, like, I'm gonna go, go, go. And Jesus is like, can we just, can we, can you just host me? I'm, I just want to sit with you and hang out with you. He came in a manger. He came in a manger. But he left on a cross. He came on a manger, but he left on the cross. And he did that so we could have communion and fellowship with him, relationship with him, belonging, and have a soul that's right. That's why he, he came. He didn't come just because it was a cool, cool Luke 2 story. That's awesome but he came for so much more. And he wants us just to host him. Can I ask you a question today? Is there any room in your life to host Jesus this, this season? And by the way, if you start hosting him, it'll become your norm. And if it becomes your norm, you're gonna love it. Just hosting Jesus. What do you got going on today? I'm just hosting Jesus. What did I do yesterday? I, just, I do it all the time now. I just, it's become my norm. He's in my thoughts now. Well, that's creepy, yeah, I know. He's in the words that come out of my mouth now. I just, just it's, in my, it's in my words. What are you up to this week? I'm uh, just hosting Jesus, oh, it's in my actions. It's, it's in my actions now. It's in my actions. Hey, what about that thing in your life? What about that struggle, that thing? That, what about, that, what about that, that financial thing in your life? What about that relational problem that you have? What about that, oh, remember when I started hosting Jesus? He just got into those cracks of that brokenness and he began to fill them. And so now he's there. And whenever I think about the brokenness, I, I, now I'm just drawn to the cross. Because of the cross, I now have this, this breath in my lungs. I have this, this air in my life and I can, I can survive now. I can, I can keep going now because I, I host Jesus. That's, that's what I do. I host, I'm a Jesus host. I host Jesus. What about all those friends that you used to have? 
Oh yeah, yeah, different friends now. Why? Because you know, when you host Jesus, sometimes people don't want to run that aren't followers of Jesus. They don't want to hang out with that, and so now I have these different friends. And so now that that my friends, we we all just host Jesus together, and it's it's weird Christian stuff, but we just go with it. We just go with it. Let's host them, guys. As a church, let's host them. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. The band's gonna come up.